You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Attention sports fans. Are you a fan of an NFL team? Would you love to attend your favorite team's week one game? Well, you're in luck. Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. The rules to enter are simple. Step one, go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. That's contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. Step two, find us on Facebook, Fans First Sports Network, and like our page. That's it. Once you've done that, you've officially been registered to win the four free tickets to any week one NFL game. What are you waiting for? Go enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. Contest ends on September 4th. Hello, Africa. We're here. We're back. We're the top 25. We're the under 25. And we're calling in Africa today. We're calling in the big guns. And I'm super happy to have Jason Paul, also known as Wave Intel on X or Twitter, what we call it next week. I don't know. But I'm super happy to see your face again and to hear your voice again, Jason. Thank you so much for joining us. Yambo from Kenya. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm trying. I was trying. I'm practicing the uh, lexicon of uh, you know hockey data because I haven't been haven't been uh, speaking or doing much of it for the past couple of months. Well, when you're in Kenya, you're supposed to be on safaris and strangling you know <laughs> giraffes or or whatnot. And and you know I know the, the the coastline is fantastic as well. So the fish should be pretty awesome. I'm happy you you suited your your hockey coat on and and uh, dive through some data we're here to talk about the top player of the last plateau really in the rankings there were four players within a point of each other in the top five or, or in the top 10 uh the four players are from from as you all know reinbacher hudson slavkovsky and now today guli guli is the highest of them uh, he had a spread between seventh and the third in the ranking seventh from Hardy and Mark and the third most valuable prospect or, or player under 25 from Anton and get who is a member of the community you look through the data and obviously you're in even a worse time zone than me when it comes to NHL but how much of, of did you actually watch Gooley last year yeah I watched Gooley a lot last year um I think there was a point, uh, and I, I always get to a podcast, I always have to talk about Suzuki, but I think there was a point where I was watching 110% of Suzuki's uh, shifts. Uh, I can't say that about Gooley, but um, yeah, I, I watched them closely. I watched the, the D very closely, and uh, I think it's super fun, and it's even more fun because um, St. Louis let them play last year, right? So he played a top four role, played top two role, actually. And uh, we got to see all the good and all the ugly. So there was a lot to see. Nothing hidden. Yeah, well, partly that. But also, you got to let him play and see the ugly so you can correct it. So it's not like it's it, he's still very, very young. So there's a lot to, to work with. Yeah, totally. You got to give it to, to the organization because I think it's a positive thing that they let these kids play. I mean... Uh, you warned me not to talk about all the defensemen, but I, I'll talk about Jacki. And I, I remember the first quarter of the season, he, he seemed to be giving up an odd man rush every period. Like, but they kept putting him out there and giving him confidence, and he improved. 
Uh, and I think it's the same with all the other young defensemen, including Gooley. I think he is the one that sticks out the most of how the coach deployed him consistently as a top two defenseman. And I think that says a lot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with our listeners here because you have asked and we're going to supply it. Uh, we're going to go back to Jason Paul within like a month to have that uh, series that we had a couple of years ago where we go through uh, the goalie system, uh, where we go through the defense, uh, and where we look at towards the forwards, and and a little bit what we can expect from Montreal this upcoming season. It's not going to be much better, though, because the Atlantic is stuffed with, with really good teams, which means that we will probably see the defense go out there and play again. Totally. I, um, I mean, I don't really think they had a chance to uh, keep... Um... Jeff Petrie, but I mean, that's a good example of the, they could have tried to convince him to stay. You would have had a minute munching veteran defenseman that they could have deployed there, but I, I'm certain that they did not simply because they want the young kids to play. Yeah. And also we all knew that Petrie or Petrie's family maybe didn't really like it in Montreal that much. And, and, uh, uh, we're looking to stay in, 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 nor in us and you know detroit was a match made in heaven in that regard and it also sends a message we will look to facilitate the trade that the players want so even if you lose petri for next to nothing or 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 a very small bonus you you're gonna maybe cash in on that later in that regard we haven't really spoken so much about the petri trade but but it's a good way of of, of starting maybe this Gooley because if you put Petri in there, Gooley might have not played the same way that he will play this upcoming season. Um, you you have some fantastic graphs in front of you, obviously. Um, what can you tell us in in regards to how he was driving play, partly in regards to to NHL, but also um, looking at at Montreal's team in general? Yeah, I mean. I, the the numbers aren't pretty. I mean, the numbers are not pretty throughout the whole team, right? They had a terrible year last year statistically. And Gooley, if you look at his individual, we'll, we'll use the term uh, play driving. So we'll use, you know, expected goals for and against. Puts him in an area relative to the NHL that's not so great. <laughs> um, you know, his... His expected goals for and against were not super, and the actuals were not as good as well. So um, I'll, I'll put these charts up on my Twitter, and I think you're going to put them on the website as well um, so that, that everybody can see it. But, you know, if you look at it relative to the NHL, it doesn't look so great. If you zoom just into the team, then it looks a little bit better. Then you start to see what he's offering the team. Uh Basically, his his suppression, his his uh, expected goals against level is pretty good, pretty good relative to the the rest of the, his teammates. Um, but what's probably more impressive is that he's done that uh, being deployed against the elite competition of the other team consistently throughout every game. Uh, I use a website called um, Puck IQ, which is fantastic, and they do. Uh, a good job of of ranking or, or showing where players uh, play in the lineup and against, against who. And for Caden Gooley, only uh, Savard played against tougher competition all year for the Habs. 
So I know there's lots of people on Twitter, including myself. I, I pump out these charts and they show Kovacevic and uh, Harris. I don't want to give away too much, but they, they, they put up some good numbers, raw numbers. But I guess what's not shown is that they are a little, quite a bit more isolated than Caden Gooley. So in night in, night out, when you're playing against Crosby and all the big guns, um, it makes a big difference at the end of the end of the season. Especially when you consider maybe that you play the the East Coast teams a little bit more, uh, East Coast teams that have been stacked a little bit more. You're not facing maybe uh, the Sharks, the Arizonas, and 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 uh, well, LA was decent this year, but. but there has been a certain discrepancy, even if the East has or the West has won the last two Stanley Cups. There has been a little bit of discrepancy in regards to, to uh, maybe um, overall power of, of the different uh, conferences. Um, looking at at Gooley, uh, you mentioned the play driving. You mentioned that he was offered all chance. You you mentioned facing the toughest competition. What surprised you the most? I think what surprised year? me the most was probably, uh, from a statistical point of view, would be the actual numbers he put up. He put up some pretty big numbers. And so I always question um, the underlying numbers, so the expected goals uh, on ice numbers. When someone's not putting great numbers those underlying numbers up, but yet they're scoring. People often say, okay, it's just a, uh, um, an outlying high shot percentage that he has, which is true. But then, you know, if you see this consistently, then there's something under there. There's something that he does a little bit special. So I think that statistically, that's probably the thing that sticks out the most for me. Um, but visually, Obviously, I think everybody sees it, and that's why they rank him so high is his, you know, his physicality, his confidence, the fact that he does, didn't wilt under that consistent competition. Um, I, I thought that that's that's really good. He, he showed, for me, when I watch him play, just like any other probably young defenseman, is over in his own zone, overplaying things, overcommitting, playing a little bit too hard in the corner, and allowing, you know, if you play, if you go for the big hit or you push too hard, sometimes that's not the greatest thing to do because, you know, the, the puck carrier is able to spin off and, and uh, make a play, you know? Um, yeah. So that's, I think that's the number one thing. The actual points was pretty impressive and considering none of those points came off of uh power play. Yeah, I mean, we we can joke a little bit about it, and and I certainly do. We might call it the Carlson factor, you know. Uh, we're looking at a lot of players, and and how we discuss defense sometimes uh, is the fact that how many goals or how many assists that they get. Where you know you're forgetting the power play, you're also forgetting that the main role of a defender sometimes is is actually to defend. Where you know Carlson might not be the best example of, uh, but but. Um, so, so this the focus has shifted, but you're mentioning the underlying numbers that that you know the goal suppression is very strong even against the the top competition, and uh, when when we think about Gooley, we we think about you know in the future we see this maybe stable core piece on the first pairing, uh, if you have Hudson on the other side or if you have. Um, Mayu on the other side or or whomever you have on that side, you think of. of the, to anchor that pairing, you have Caden Gooley. Is that something you can see down the line as well? If he's not already doing it with with Savard on the other side, 
Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's that's how they see him. Um, and I think just the fact of the deployment that he gets right now, which is five on five against the top competition, tells me that that's how they're grooming him. He's not seeing power play time. Uh, and so that's also an interesting nugget. Will he see more power play time? So if he is going to be, is Caden Gooley going to be a play driving game breaker? like Makar, Adam Fox, Carlson? I don't think so. Do you think so? I don't see him have that maybe creativity, or at least not free-flowing creativity and, and you know, buccaneering style that 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 these players have. Where, but and, and if you groom him like they do in Montreal, that's not what you want him to do either. You don't send him out there to, you know, do this deke and, and see how it works or, or something like that. I think that, that you have Reinbach or Hudson as one pairing already, more or less. You might switch out. Engstrom is playing a lot of in, on, on his offside. I think that could work as well. But you need someone to be able to have handled Gooley. And, and the question is, do we have that in the system already? Or, or do we have, is that something that we're looking for in a very strong defensive draft coming up? Yeah, I I don't I don't see Gooley as you know if I had to come up with the the predictions right now I would not I do not see Gooley as a game breaking super play driver like like a Fox or a Makar. Do you see him as a? To me, the next tier is that very strong defensive defenseman that also has really strong offensive uh, game too, like a Headman. Or Petrangelo, these are big players. In some ways, I could see him maybe more as a Yalmarsson, maybe mm-hmm. more more towards that angle. Uh, you know, not getting that power play time as as Hedman gets, and and uh, towards that kind of, you know, he can play in the offensive zone, but but he cannot really. You know, it's not his main strength, but he can hit there. He can step up and, and force that turnover or or stop the play with a good physical hit because he has that physicality. I think that, you know, when you look at... and Obviously, I watch the Swedish guys most, but you can see I can see that kind of play. He's not, you know, he's not big as Chara, but Chara also had that kind of situation. He doesn't have the shot as Weber. So, so but but... In other ways, I can see a, a kind of Weber-esque sort mm-hmm. of role for him as well, where one player that stands out to me in my mind is, is very underrated in some ways, but has a few coverings as well, and that's probably Shell um, mm-hmm. uh, Samuelson, right? Or Shell, you know, one, one of those old school defenders, maybe with with uh, that... that you know, just anchors the team. You can put them out anywhere and you know that they're going to, you know, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that's probably pretty accurate, right? So, I mean, I mean like a Slavin or a Ekholm or a Uyghur. Yeah. The, the kind of stats that those guys are putting up is something I think that the Habs are trying to strive for, for Gooley. If you have that anchor man, in, in a way, that means that you can be a little bit more... Swashbuckin' air, or 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 you know, 
that kind you can have that kind of player he will cover up that i i used to i, I know i've spoken to you about this that you might need a libro we i i used to say that about <laughs> a certain romanov but uh, <laughs> but it, that's not the way that montreal wanted to coach him up and and i think that's still the way that he should have been playing but but uh you know uh you were right in that regard that he was traded and uh, i owe you a couple of beers for that and don't drink and drive, kids. They want that because you need someone mm-hmm. like that in on a Stanley Cup winning team. You're going to need a player like that to anchor and playing 25, 28 minutes a game. And that's Gouli down the line. Uh, it's going to happen along the same time as the core is going to be there with him at that time. The question is, what kind of pieces can Montreal get in either through trades or with the players they have in the system? Uh, we're going to take a quick break here and... Uh, I, I advise you all to lower the volume a little bit because there's going to be a little bit of a higher PR situation coming up. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. There you have it. Uh, we're here with Jason Paul, Waventel at X, Twitter, and whatever it's going to be called when Musk loses it. Um, and um, when we look at Caden Gooley this time... One of the big questions is, is obviously Montreal is going to be, be maybe not as good as we wanted directly in, in a stacked Atlantic division. But what should fans look for when they look at Caden Gooley next year? Yeah, that's a good question. I think they need they need to see him be a, a bit more steady. Um, the five-on-five game, which is going to be his bread and butter, which we just had that conversation. He's not going to be... Uh, Adam Fox probably won't even be couldn't be a headman um, so if you're not producing on the power play and you're not doing a game-breaking style then you need to slide into that Jacob Slavin style um, weaker style kind of a game and that means being extremely consistent uh, defensively so you know earlier on you were, we were putting out some some stats there about his expected goals against being good Um it's not really that good relative to the league, but it's it's good relative to his teammates. So I think he needs to take the next step. Uh, one of the things that sticks out to me looking at the data as well is, is the PK. Again, it's a little bit of a train wreck. So it's hard to, you know, assess a single player out of that rubble. But, you know, he didn't, he's kind of at the bottom of that rubble as well. So that needs to be something that he needs to improve on as well. I think we've got to give him a huge break. It was his first year last year. I'm sure there's going to be tons of tape that they're going to go over a lot of um, uh, training and stuff. So he'll, he should, you should see some tightening up on that kind of stuff. So if he wants to be, in other words, if he wants to be, if they have him as a defensive specialist, he's got to, he's going to have to show that even a ratchet it up a bit more this year. And as you mentioned, if you don't get any PK time, they sort of or power play time, they sort of going to expect you to want to to get on that PK and and be sure to shut it down. On the other hand, Montreal hasn't really had a very good you know 
either power play or PK for, you know, I don't know how long. Uh, and, and well, since Carey Price heyday when, when he would block anything anyway. Um, but but in, in a way, it's good to let him play PK as well because it will teach him to play defensive zone coverage in a better way. And as you mentioned, he's already playing against the top competition. That's another way of, of playing against top competition and learning the basics. Yeah, I agree. They, they, the Habs do need to do something to clean up that PK for sure. Well, the special teams, they've had bad special teams for, I think, I think they're going on five years now. And, you know, to me, that doesn't make sense. It's, it's something's wrong there. I mean, they have new coaching staff, they have new players. How can it possibly be that bad? Um, so I, I'd love to see the, this young group carve out um, and become specialists. You see that a lot on other teams. And I think Hayden Gooley, Kovacevic, you know, these guys need to show that they can do that on the PK as well. Obviously, when we look at at Caden Gooley, should we look for more time on ice? Should we look for you know we don't we don't we, we would obviously be able to understand the very good underlying numbers that you mentioned, but we need you to to tell us. So so in a simple way, looking at the graphs, obviously you want to move them towards the top right corner, but but when it comes to it, we also want to see him take a little bit more of that responsibility and maybe. You know, we can't compare the Carlson factor because he's not going to score 15 goals and he's not going to put up 28 assists or something like that. So, so we want to look at something clear and that would probably be ice time, right? Not only ice time, I think he, he can go up a little bit more in ice time. He already almost played 21 minutes a game, which is quite a bit. Um, considering that it's all hard minutes, right? The five on five and the PK. Um, I think as a as a viewer... What I would be watching for is I always um, I did this tweet about uh, Nick Suzuki <laughs> last year or a couple of years ago. I call it the first overboards, uh, you know, litmus test. Is it is he first overboards for the power play? Yes. Is he first overboards when you need to hold the lead? Yes. Is he first over the boards when you need to get a goal? Yes. First over the boards on the penalty kill? Yes. That that's that is a star player. Uh, and for Caden Gooley, if he's going to be the five-on-five five in the in the defensive role, big uh, the the star player for that, he needs to be first over the boards. And you know, combing over the data and just watching the games, he's not necessarily first over the boards for that. Uh, and it was one of my indicators that that uh, Romanov was on his way out last year, or was it two years ago now? Was as soon as yeah, as soon as um Edmondson came back and Petrie when they were hurt this was the time that Romanoff was getting a ton of ice time and uh TSN was was making note of it that he was he, he was leading the team in ice time per game blah 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 but as soon as those guys came back he was never first over the boards anymore for that important defensive uh face off and so this is what we want to see Caden Gooley next year when there's 1 minute left in the game and they're up by one. Are they throwing um, Matheson and Savard over the boards, or are they, throw, are they throwing Gooley and Matheson over the boards? You know, so that's 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 what I look for. Very interesting, and, and that's what we all will look for after this. When we look at overall defensive, though, we, we mentioned Matheson, we mentioned Savard. Savard is getting a, a hard time by the by the uh, 
Montreal Canadiens faithful. What can you tell us about Savard that we don't already know? I think, you know, I think all the players on this team were pushed in a position that was out of their out of their range, right? Uh, Savard is not a top pairing guy on most teams, but he was for Montreal. You might even say the same thing for Matheson. Um, you know, almost every player on that team was a stretch to be in the position that they were in. So I think it's the same for Savard. I, I think he's done an admirable job. There was a stretch last year where him and Matheson, I don't know how many games it was, not very many, like 10 or 15 or 20, where they were took the hardest minutes and they were playing very, very well. You know, game the seasons and all these little segments that you have to take a look at. And and I will remember last year of that, you know, 15 or 20 game segment when they were together that they played the hardest minutes and they did very, very well. So, you know, people complain about the 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 pairings. And, uh, you know, they're down on Savard sometimes, but I mean, you got, you can't forget that these guys are, you know, a little bit out of their, out of their league on this team, the way it's, the way it's structured right now. And I think me personally, I think they're doing a pretty good job. We always hear, and I'm one of the ones saying it as well, um, that NHL is not a development league. Looking at, you know, the young core coming up and, and the young defense coming up as well, um, Some will be in in uh, Laval this year, and some will be in, in Montreal. Um, but how important is it to get those heavy minutes? Obviously, as we, we mentioned, even if it's a top competition, and and you you might end up causing a goal. Even in NHL, is it, is it still a development league, or, or and then do you have that trust in the organization that that we may might have on the offensive side in regards to Martin Saint Louis? Yeah, I mean. I agree with you. I don't, if if that's what you're saying, that it's not a development league. I'm, I'm kind of old school that way. I, I didn't like seeing Slavkovsky out there getting hammered. I didn't like that they brought up, and I, I know it's different management with um, Kakinyemi. Maybe you could say the same thing about Gouli, but I don't think so. They 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 gave him the minutes. Um was a little bit disappointed last year that they didn't give Harris some power, more power play time. Um, and that's a good example. But I, I know they had a little bit of a deal with him. Um, when it comes to the offensive players, they, I, I believe that they need to touch the puck and they, they need to be running power plays. Uh, again, if they have Gooley slated to be this hard nose five on five guy, maybe it's less important, um, on the development side of things here. So, uh, I'm at some point they're going to have to stop the bleeding and not allow so much, so much losing, um for the sake of development but i don't know maybe they got another year maybe they have another two years of of that kind of hockey it'll be interesting i, I know you don't follow prospect as much as maybe i do but is Caden gooley the top defensive prospect in in the montreal prospect pool that's a great question <laughs> and i and i think i think you know I need a definition <laughs> of what top prospect means. And, it, and it's almost like the draft, you know, uh, the draft, I think from a business standpoint, you want to hit a home run. You don't want to hit a double. You want to keep swinging for home runs and allow the singles and the doubles to, to go, go somewhere else. Um, and it, if, if that's the definition, I might go with uh, Lane Hudson. 
simply because even if it's only a 20% chance that he's going to be a superstar, that's a 20% chance he's going to be a superstar. I don't think Gooley is going to be a Hockey Hall of Famer superstar. Well, what do you think of that answer? <laughs> <laughs> well, there we have it. You know, now I, I I agree with you, but I also think in some regards that you will have to look for a complementary piece to make sure that those 20% of the superstar happens. Totally. I mentioned it on, on another podcast or one or two of the other podcasts that in regards to David Reinbacher, as an example, that he might not be the sexy pick, but he is the the, the pick that makes your sexy pick from last year even better. That's a great way to put it. No, I like that. I like how you put that. Hey, I, I don't, I really like Gooley, um, but I always, I always have this, uh, you know, I do this data and I, and I, on my Twitter, I, I often talk kind of more like business talk and I'm always interested in how, how a team puts that, puts all these picks into a business format. Um, and defensemen specifically are an interesting case simply because they take longer to develop. So by the time you get them in the show, you have maybe two or three years be before they become an unrestricted free agent. You also have to consider the development, the time that they're spending developing, right? You're spending money, you're spending time. If they're in the show, if they're in the NHL, you're, you're taking a seat and you're taking losses to develop somebody. Whereas forwards they tend to hit the ground running a little bit more quickly. And, and so your asset is paying dividends more quickly. Um, so I do find it interesting. And then if it's not a superstar we're talking about, if you're talking about a, a third line player or a fifth defenseman, why are you develop? Why are you spending three or four or five years developing someone who's going to be a fifth defenseman when you can maybe more easily, more cost effectively, be just signing someone or trade for someone? Because you see how you see how the Red Wings just got Petrie for nothing, right? Yeah. So I just find it an interesting case for from a business standpoint of you know return on investment and all that kind of stuff. I'll reel it back a little bit more and say I I do love what the Habs are doing. Because it's not just about on paper business. It's about having a guy like Kane Gooley be there from day one, become a leader, become a hab from day one, maybe a future captain. You know, that that is worth something as well. You know, so it, it's an interesting equation. I would love to be a fly on the wall and and when they talk about this kind of stuff. Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? We have been listening to one of my favorite guests on the pod mainly because Jillian isn't here with us anymore. Uh, well, she is uh, <laughs> alive and fine, but she's not participating in hockey Twitter or, or hockey right now. It's We're here with Jason Paul. Fantastic to have you on. I'm so looking forward. I'm sure we'll... we'll I'm, I promise the, the listeners that we're going to get back to you quite soon, and then I'm looking forward to, to have you on during the season because your insights are such a valuable source for, for the rest of us that maybe aren't as mathematical astute as, as you are. Thanks, Patrick. It's always a joy to be on.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.